Let's Define Win, a podcast for everyday horse enthusiasts to laugh, commiserate, and learn that life is all about how you define wins. All right, folks, welcome back. Episode three, appropriately titled, Don't Worry About Me, Just Catch My Horse. (laughs) (laughs) So we're fresh off the Iowa Pino show. Uh, we had a pretty successful weekend, maybe. I guess it depends on how you define successful. But last week we talked a lot about the isolating feelings of being at horror shows and kind of the um, individuality. Is that a word? I don't know. Or, yeah, like the, the individualism that goes hand in hand with showing horses. And so this week, we're going to talk about, at least in the beginning, finding the community and kind of finding your space at horse shows so it doesn't have to feel so isolating. I like it. Maddie. How about you give your recap of the weekend first? Yeah, I can. So I would say Dory and I had a very successful weekend. We did showmanship. You know, we didn't necessarily do great things in the showmanship, but, you know, we didn't absolutely do terrible things in the showmanship. So that was pretty pumped. We did. (laughs) I would say we did. I think we had three showmanship goes. And they were all consistent, so that was nice to see. Definitely places to improve, but I think we kind of anticipated some of those, so that's fine. Um, Ideal, um, for those of you that don't know, is kind of, I think it's some percentage of riding around, like Western Pleasure or Hunt Seat, and then it's some percentage of confirmation and some percentage of color, I think. Um, and so we did that for Western on Saturday, and we did decent there. Um, and then that was nice to see because last time I have done ideal was the I think the first time Dory had ever had a shank or yeah a lead shank on her before, <laughs> and so we saw remarkable improvement there. Um, so that was exciting, <laughs> um, a lot better than the first time. The first time involved a lot of like cussing her out in front of the judges and. We were, like, dancing around. We looked like an actual halter horse behavior-wise, but not actual um, build-wise. And then Western Pleasure, we did pretty good at. Um, we actually had really good goals with Western Pleasure, so that was nice. Horsemanship went about right at what we expected it to go, honestly. Yeah, we haven't done a lot of work on that, but that's fine. Um, so that was how that went. Day two... Uh, people really rallied for me on day two, I'd say. I <laughs> I showed up with the anticipation of just doing some English showmanship, since if you can run it, if you have a halter, you can just do what it would be like with Western Pleasure. Uh, sorry, Western Showmanship. So my intent was to bring my little boots, my breeches, my white dress-up shirt, and my hat, helmet, and a blazer, and just do some showmanship and not really look the part just for some extra practice. We ended up doing that, we did fine. We had a borrow tack for that, yes. We had to borrow a halter and uh, shank for that. Um, 
I didn't bring one of those because I didn't own one of those or really intend on doing it anyways. I was like, well, you know, I'm going to head home. And people were like, Maddie, like, why don't you stay? And I was like, because, you know, I didn't bring spurs. And they're like, oh, we can find spurs. And I was like, well, I didn't bring a girth. And they're like, oh, well, we can find you a girth. I was like, well, I didn't bring a pad or anything like that. And they're like, oh, no, I'm sure we have extras. I'm sure. And I'm like, okay, well, well, I'm running out of excuses. Okay. I didn't bring a saddle. Like, this one will get them. No, there's no way anyone brought an extra saddle. Lo and behold, someone brought two extra saddles that I was able to use. So I, I not only had a saddle to use, but I was able to pick. So I got, I got lucky there and a bridle and everything. So people really rallied. They really brought all the tack needed for me to participate in day two. So we gave Hunt Seat to go for the second time in our life. Both times that we've done Hunt Seat, we're at a show we've never practiced. It was pretty cold out, I would say. It was, I don't, anywhere, it would never, I would say it never got over 60, but majority of the time it was like right around 30, maybe. There were definitely points in the, in the show where it was sleeting outside. And so, you know, I went around and trotted outside a little bit in the warm-up arena um, because you don't jog in hunt seat. For those of you that didn't know, maybe it's just me, but now I know. <laughs> um, so I went out there. And that's where I ran into you. And that's where I was like, hey, where where do I put my hands when I ride hunt seat? <laughs> and, you know, do they go, like, in front of me? Do they go, like, down by my crotch? Like, SOS, please help me. So then I had a quick crash course on how to ride hunt seat. Um, and then we did equitation. And, you know, props to anyone who does equitation. There is a lot going on in those patterns. You know, I'm a visual person, so I looked at the pattern, and I was like, oh, look, those those lines mean jog, and those lines mean lope, and so it was pretty obvious, like, to the pattern for me, and then I start reading the directions, and it's like, oh, you trot, and I was like, oh, that's right, you trot, this is Hunsi, and then I go, oh, and you have to pick a diagonal, and all of a sudden, you're left lead loping, and you're right diagonaling, and then you're doing some other lead, and then you're doing a different diagonal, and now you're sitting, and before you know, it's the end of the pattern, but, you know, if you weren't on your A game, you were, I don't, already DQ'd yourself, pretty much, so, so I was able to get all my diagonals and leads, which I was super pumped about, because I, again, didn't practice outside. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's and cool. it was easier to manhandle her. Two-handed. Yeah, no, I know. I agree. I think, I don't know. I just feel more secure. In I wouldn't say I feel I more secure. Hands. I honestly feel like I'd like a little suede on my hunt saddle. <laughs> They're just so slippery. <laughs> um, but so that was fun. I didn't fall off and people really rallied for me. So that was exciting. Yeah. What about you? I thought the trail pattern was, well, we had quite the relationship with trail this weekend, but I was sitting at the warm-up gate, literally panicking, because I was like, there's no way I'm going to remember this pattern. There's no way I'm going to know what to do. There's, like, four cones out there. Which one do I trot around? Do I stop? Like, what should I do? We, like I said, we are, Toby is very green to the trail. Super windy. It was, like, sleeting and 25 degrees. It was just straight up miserable. And so I kept saying all weekend, like, he's being as good as he can be with absolutely zero prep work because I am not, I am not brave. I'm not going to go outside and lunge him even though it's 25 degrees and he needs to be lunged in order to get off some excess energy so he can focus. So 
really gave him no opportunity to succeed. So that's that's my own fault to begin with. Um, but yeah, so I was kind of trotting around before trail and one of my friends was like, hey, are you going to do the Albreed Open Trail to warm up for your novice and your amateur trail runs? And I was like, you know what? That might not be a bad, that might not be a bad idea. So she goes and signs me up for the Albreed Open Trail. And so they call my number and we did numerical orders this weekend for whatever reason. So they call my number and I go up there and I, again, I'm panicking because I do not know if I'm going to be able to remember the trail pattern. I felt like it was very complex, but no one else did. So that's fine. Anyway, first obstacle going and Toby is like, nope, not wanting to do trail. So I have to like two hand in the first obstacle, which was walk into a box and turn around. So that was great. Um, there was 42 poles out in the trail pattern and I hit 40. 43 of them like I, I hit the one twice and so we did not leave a pole untouched and then so we somehow miraculously get to the end of the pattern and there was this different bridge and it was painted like pink and red and had a skull on it and every single horse was spooking at it like most of them would not go over it it was terrible and so we get up there, and again, I do not practice trail with Toby ever. So he's really just just trying his hardest, and he just doesn't know what to do. But he's, like, panicked at the bridge, will not go over it, doesn't know what to do. I'm trying to, like, talk him through it, can't do it. So I just decide, it's fine, it's the ABO class. I have already ruined every single opportunity I'll have to do well in this class. I'm just going to get off and lead him across the bridge and, like, show him that it's okay. So I get off, don't even roll up my chaps, just get off and start to walk towards the bridge. And he will not even come within five feet of the bridge. Like I, he's at the end of the reins, like will not come near it. So I walked over the bridge and drug him <laughs> alongside of the bridge. So that was bad. And then I'm coming out of the arena and I see Mark, who is the, um, he was being the gate guy. And he comes over and immediately is like, it's okay. He's like patting my back and like shooing me out of the arena. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. You know, whatever. Little did I know he was shooing me out of the arena because they had to get other people out there to fix the trail pattern. Cause I just like messed up every single pole and they needed like five minutes to reset the pattern. Everyone from the stands, everyone, they told everyone, they called everyone out from the bathroom. <laughs> The grandmas, the grandpas, the dogs. Like, literally, <laughs> literally every single person was out there resetting the trail. And then later on that night, back at the hotel room with Maddie. Or, you know, oh, yeah. You so I was looking at your scores, you know, because I thought it really didn't go that bad. And you were just being dramatic like usual. But no, you had so many penalties. They did not mm -hmm. fit in the penalty box. They are nice yeah, enough I had to 31. score you all the way through, though. Yeah, like, they didn't give up, even though I two-handed in the first obstacle. Yeah. Like, they just kept on going through all 11 obstacles. And then just yeah. DQ'd me when I got When you off. walked the plank. When you did the yeah. walk of shame. When you, I don't even, I, like, I'm running out of things to call it. I don't even know what else can be said. You know, like, I had 31 
penalties in that trail. Like, I almost had more yeah, penalties. Yeah, because you started at 40, points. right? So you would have had, like, what, Let's 39 just... or something like that? Yeah, so you start at 70, and then either point you up or point down. You would have just pulled down, and, and you would have... Yeah. Yeah, I just pointed down the whole time. It was just a downward spiral that was never going to get any better. But did. Like, I ended up second in the open trail. So by the time we did our fourth trail pattern of the night... I was able to make it through one-handed. It only ticked, you know, probably 10 poles. And I guess my win for the ABO pattern You was... did the box, or you did the whatever. I I did the bridge. No. I was not scared. No, but just imagine how pumped that judge was to see you progress from not being... From you just doing the bridge and getting off in your first pattern to, like, only picking 10 poles. And, like, I'm sure they're, like, thankful. Like, wow, I'm really glad she's growing. But I'm also really gr- glad I don't have to do all these penalties anymore. I'm sure the sky was feeling the same thing. And I'm sure everyone at the show was, like, super pumped you were getting better. Because I'm sure by, like, time two, they were all, like, down by the rail. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know until that night that, you know, everyone had to come out of the stands and fix the pattern. So I was kind of, like... People seemed a little bit on edge when I went in for the second Yeah, you were probably the reason why there was just one or two cones in the patterns the next days. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was... was But you pulled through. You found the light. Saturday, like, like Maddie said, it was really cold, really windy, sleeting, um, just not conducive for getting your horse ready. So I just kind of accepted that Toby was just going to have to do it himself and just going to have to be as good as he could be with zero prep work. And it was really just a testament to him and his brokenness because I did absolutely nothing to help him get ready. I literally just walked into the pen, pulled his cooler off, got on, and went for it. And um, he was really good. He was really good on the showmanship. He's getting a lot broker. Uh, I texted Julie at some point on Saturday and said, like, uh, show's going good. You know, I think I like showmanship now. And she just hit back with, well, it's easy to like showmanship when your horse has broken it. So... That was, that was humbling. Sunday we did English after nearly dying doing the flag. (laughs) Um, So again, could only go up from there. And he just kind of did his his thing. Again, during the equitation, I also had to remind myself that there were diagonals, hand gallops, and those things needed to be paid attention to. (laughs) They weren't optional. Yeah, they were not optional. It turns out you can't just decide which diagonal you want to go on. Um, And I also learned that the sitting trot really is a skill. You know, not very many people can look good when they're at the sitting trot. And you really have to work at making yourself look like you're not about to bounce off the side. So that's that's what I'm gonna be working on between now and the con or the world show. So overall, decent show for Toby. 
he was carrying the team quite literally. Did how did you find out you you need to work on your sitting trot? Did someone tell you? Was there a video? Well, again, was chatting with Julie, and she just so kindly brought up, you know, you were a lot better rider in the equitation when you were working out more more regularly. (laughs) And, you know, it's a lot easier to not look like you're flopping around when your legs are stronger. So I guess that means I'm hitting the gym quite regularly before the world show. Every day counts. Yeah, well, I didn't go tonight, so I should probably do that. You should probably go twice tomorrow. Oh, for sure. For sure, yeah. Big fan. Big fan of that. So, yeah, I think we both had several successes at the show, both on the card and in other aspects. But I think part of the reason it was easier for us to do better at the show this weekend is because we, going into it, knew each other was going to be there. So we knew we kind of had, like, a community waiting for each other, maybe. Like, not only were we excited to hang out because we hadn't seen each other in a while, but at least for me, like, I knew you were going to be there to watch my patterns. I knew you were going to video or take pictures or whatever. I knew that if I needed help with something, you were going to be there and that you would help me with whatever and probably laugh when things (laughs) went wrong with me. (laughs) True. Yeah. I think it was helpful, too, because, like, we both, and you obviously longer than me, but we've both been showing it Iowa pinout, too, so we know a ton of the people there, right? Yeah, it's so nice to go to a show, and even if you're stalling with people you've never stalled with before, at least, like, you know their name, and you kind of know what to expect from them, it's just a lot more comfortable. And so I think it's just easier to relax and show and just be. So, no, like, right, like, last week we did talk about, like, the isolation and stuff. But, like, on the flip side of that, there is definitely, like, a community and, like, people that you go to shows with. You know, whether, for me, that's, like, the barn that I go with or that I am with or, you know, that's, like, friends that I've met from previous um, like, previous shows or whatever, and I think that that's really helpful. I know, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, on Sunday, I legit showed up with my outfit and had intended on leaving, like, right after showmanship, and, you know, I was having so much fun, uh, you know, just between with how pleasant Dory was being and how much fun the group was that I decided to stick around and, you know, happily get my ass handed to me in the hunter under saddle classes (laughs) but like because it was so much fun because i was you know there with people that i enjoyed and wanted to spend time with i was more than willing to you know be humbled again 
um, and spend time with these people because I really did enjoy it and they are fun to be around. And I mean, especially with, you know, the whole coronavirus thing this year, everyone's had limited shows, right? And just making those, you know, obviously as impactful as you can, but as enjoyable, you know, and I think a lot of that can kind of come down to, you know, who do you spend your time with and, you know, are you having fun and not fun, right? Like having fun, I think, is a huge win, especially at horse shows, you know, regardless of how the day goes for you in the placings, right? You know, it's no fun. I'd say it's no fun to really sit in the stands or, you know, not have anyone there to be with. You know, sometimes it does happen if you're like the only one that's going to a show. But, you know, if you're not, like, it can be a ton of fun to go with other people and that makes it way more fun and also cheaper. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I always appreciate that. But no, I think it's super important to make an effort to find that group. So that way you do feel more comfortable and you do kind of have someone at least to spend a little bit of time with. So that way you don't feel like you're just there alone you know and it's even to have someone where you're like hey i'm leaving to go to the hotel whatever can you just make sure my horse has water later or you know like whatever it is just like having that extra someone there or like someone there you can count on i think that just makes the show completely different and it just makes it so much more fun and comfortable to be there. You're just sitting there waiting for your classes and like you talk to someone and, you know, I think that's something that I've really enjoyed. You know, I've talked yeah. about like not being the most social person before, but being able to have like those friends that I like know are going to be at shows. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy that. Yeah. And I think it's really cool when you can see like the barn camaraderie. So I don't know if I even told you this, but and it might, I think it was Saturday. I went back to the barn because I was stalled right next to your barn. And one of the guys in your barn was like, oh, Maddie just did really well on Halter and whomever did really well in this class. You know, like we're having such a good weekend. You know, our group is doing so well. And he was like so proud. And so it was just really cool for me to see that there was that good energy there yeah. and, that pe and that people were there watching each other. You know, like that's the thing that gets me is sometimes when I go to a show and I'll be stalling with someone or whatever. And it's like very obvious when you're getting ready to go up to your class or whatever. And they're just like, see you later. You know? Like, yeah, that is true. I like to go at least say like, hey, do you want me to carry your groom bag? Do you want me to bring some fly spray up? Do you need like a bottle of water? Like, what do you, what do you need? And so that way they feel more comfortable and they feel supported. And then, you know, just watch their class. You know, if you're not doing anything, why not go watch their class and support them? That's a, so, I think that's a good point, right? Like, my goodness, we started at what, 8 a.m. and we were there till 11 showing. Or, you know, 10.30, whatever. But, like, I don't know, unless you're in, like, every class, like, you're probably going to, what, be, like, busy showing for maybe three of the 12 hours. Like, if you're not going to, like, what are you going to do? Like, I think it's way more fun to, like, 
go watch someone else's class or, you know, get invested and be like, Hey, like, what do you need me to do? You know, for ideal, they've got, they need people to schlep stuff. So like, I'm always like, yeah, like, let me schlep stuff for you. Like, what else am I going to do? You know, like, it's way more fun to be there and involved. And I think there's a good way to do that, you know, whether or not it's, you know, helping out with a show or it's, you know, supporting your friends or trying to make friends even. And it kind of creates like a fun team atmosphere, I think. Exactly. Like, I think it's so important to create that atmosphere because, again, it's so individualized. And I think it's really easy to think like, well, Maddie and I are both in that class. You know, I don't want to offer to help her because, you know, I don't want her to do better than me. Whereas it feels good to help someone and support someone. And then in turn, they're probably going to be more willing to help you. And it's like, so yeah, you're still out there competing on your own, but if you're up there together supporting each other, there's like a team atmosphere there. And I just think that helps you compete better, you know? And yeah. I think that's a way when you can do that. Right. I don't know how many times I had to ask like you or someone else at the barn, you know, hey, so what, what side of the cone am I on again? And, you know, and they tell me in like my Lanta, there's only one cone in the pattern and I didn't take, you know, note of which side it was on. And then they're like, oh, and make sure you stop and like back when you get, I was like, oh my gosh, thank you for reminding me. Cause I would have totally forgotten too. I don't know. I just think it's really cool when you see people putting aside their pride and supporting each other. It makes you want to do that more. And it also makes you realize like, who are the people you want in your tribe? Yeah. And, you know, I think a really good way to, you know, and maybe this is just, I think I'm offering a helpful tip here, but, you know, maybe everyone else is just super social and it's just me that, you know, struggles to, like, reach out. But, like, if I'm, like, standing there with, like, a rag, like, dusting my boots off or, like, you know, I don't know, picking an eye goober off a door, you're like brushing something out of her tail, like, and someone's next to me and I see something like, maybe I'll just like offer them my rag or something too, you know, like, hey, like your boots look dusty. Do you want to use my rag? Like, well, and like one of, one of our friends like came up to me and they're like, Maddie, you really got to dust your pants off. And I like looked down and I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, I really do. Thanks for pointing that out. And I like gave it my best to dust them off. It wasn't great, but like I gave it my all. Yeah, I know. Like I hate when, like, my number is crooked or Toby's got, like, a green spot on his back leg or whatever, and I don't notice until I take my jacket off or, like, go to saddle him later or, like, walk around, you know, whatever. And it's, like, I know people saw, so why didn't they say anything? You know, like, I try to tell people. I feel like there should never be anyone who goes into the arena with that wrap in their tail. I know. I grab vet wrap out of people's tail at every single show. Yeah. Like, it's obvious if there's vet wrap in, in the horse's tail to everyone but the exhibitor who's walking the tail around. If you're going to tell me that, you know, 15, 20 people miss the vet wrap in a horse's tail and they just let them go in, like, stop the person, be a decent person, and be like, hey, you have yellow vet wrap in your black tail. Take it out. Or, hey, stop a second so I can take your vet wrap out as they're standing at the cone. Exactly. I guess that just goes to show. You need to find your community so that way people will take your vet wrap out. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. What are some useful ways that you think you've made friends at like horse shows and stuff? Aside from flying off my horse and throwing the reins at you. That's true. Um, yeah. If you want to be my friend, folks, that's the way to do it. Yeah, there you go. I guess I think a lot of the ways that I've made friends at horse shows is just like casually in the roundup. No, sorry, not roundup. The warm-up pen. Saying like, oh, hey, you know, where are you from? How old your horse? Just like nonchalantly getting into a conversation is the way that I do it. And so that way you kind of have some sort of reference from who the person is slash where they are that you can just build off of each time. And it doesn't feel threatening. You know, like if I walked up and was like, hey, what's your horse good at? You know, like I think that kind of sets people off. Whereas if I was like, oh, hey, you know, haven't haven't seen you before. My name's Angela. You know, I'm, I'm from Iowa. You know, what, where, where'd you haul from? You know, I think that's just a lot less in your face, maybe. And then I think people can just open up and go from there. But I definitely think the warm-up pen is the place to make friends. Yeah, especially when it's cold out and everyone's, like, standing in there. Like, you'll find some good prospects in there. I don't know how many people I told. I, I found so much good information out about this weekend. I complimented, like, three people on button-downs, and they told me they all got them for, like, $10 on Amazon. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. you had one, and another girl had what gorgeous, like, yellow, gold, like, silky-type one. And it was oh, yeah. it was stunning. And she was like... Yeah, it was like a a men's clubbing shirt from Amazon for like ten bucks. I was like, oh my Lanta, I'm buying this when I get home. I haven't yet, but now I just reminded myself I need to. Yeah, I think it's just really important to put aside like the nervousness and just walk up to people and just talk to them. And I mean, like, don't catch them when they're, like, trying to school their horse or talking to their trainer or, like, very obviously in something. But if they're just standing there watching, I think it's more than okay just to walk up there and talk to them. Yeah. And then they're going to feel invited, too. Like, they're going to feel it's like, okay, this person came over and talked to me. They wanted to know about me. They wanted to have a conversation. I think that makes people feel more secure. Like, people obviously enjoy their horses. We'd really like to hope so. And we spend a shit ton of money on them. Like, if someone were to walk up to me, like, heck yeah, I'll tell you all about my horse. Like, I'm not going to, yeah. like, yeah, like, she's five. Her name's Dory, yada, yada. Like, I'll go on for days. Like, I spent thousands of dollars on this animal. I will tell you all about her. <laughs> Yeah, I think another good way to do it as well as like if you're so this weekend, um, right, going back to the whole just doing the hunter under saddle for the first time. I Dory's got a short mane, right? Because we banned it. Um, I roached her last year. Yeah, so I roached her last year and I didn't um, ever ride hunt seat 
during the roach phase of our of our show career, thank goodness. But so I go to get on this weekend and I go to grab our main to get on because there's no like horn or anything for me to gr- grab onto. And I'm realizing it's going to be awfully easy for me to just fly over the other side. So I grabbed someone that I luckily knew, but I was like, hey, could you could you just stand on the other side of my horse in case I go flying over? Yeah. And I got a look, but they're like, yeah, sure. And I was like, yeah, thanks. I haven't, I haven't done this much. I'm not really sure how much power is going to be too much and too little. So just like be prepared. Like luckily I didn't like need too much help, but that was a really good way that I would say I broke the ice there. Asking for some help in a very vulnerable situation. <laughs> yeah, I had kind of a similar experience on Saturday morning. I was trying to get to the arena so I could do the flag. And so I like walked out of the barn. I was trying to get on Toby, but I had like a coffee in my hand and then was trying to like hold on to the reins hold on to the saddle horn and like climb up and my saddle wasn't super tight and he like wanted to turn and look into the barn and just was not being very conducive and some random person just walks over and they're like it looks like you could use some help <laughs> so they like took my coffee went to the other side held my stirrup let me like you know let me get on brush my boot off <laughs> you know handed me back my coffee and they were like yeah, okay, well, have a good day. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, kind stranger, for not letting me die. (laughs) Do you like doing the flag? I do enjoy doing the flag. Uh, Back in my rodeo days, it was just, like, a really cool, like, pump-up thing, and you were, like, ready to go. And then when I started doing horse shows, and I don't remember how I ended up doing flag Iowa Pino, I think I just said, like, yeah, Toby can do it. And he just had to get fine with doing it. But this weekend, I did Saturday, and it was fine. And then Sunday, I missed my pre-flight check in terms of tightening my saddle. And so we take off after the music starts, and we're like five strides in. And Toby lifted his head and kind of jumped a little bit. And then I realized, like... I did not tighten my saddle. This is not good. I can feel it moving underneath me. And it ended up being like, he was running at a very fast pace, very early out of the gate. and was like, not really wanting to slow down. And was very confused as to why I was sitting all the way off to the one side because my saddle had literally slid probably six inches to the outside. And I was just like desperately trying to keep on the horse and not dump the flag off to the side, not show the sheer panic on my face and also keep him close enough to the rail to not freak out the cart horses and not look like a complete idiot in front of all the judges. Um, But only a couple of those things were pulled off successfully. I ended up having to stop like, 20 seconds short of the end and just get off because my saddle was literally falling off. So when I'm not having a near-death experience, I do enjoy the flag, but it was pretty terrifying. So yeah, I guess my win was that I didn't fall off and 
I guess you were there. So, I, I was there. Yeah, so my thought was, well, if I fall off, hopefully Maddie catches Toby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely had a similar thought when I was doing the the Hunter Under Saddle class. Okay, yeah. They asked for a hand gallop. <laughs> And I have never done a hand gallop before. And so I just lean forward on little Dory and I go, oh man, there's not a lot of contact here. And I'm looking around and I'm trying to, I like look, I'm looking behind me, trying to figure out if I need a bail, am I going to bail to the left or the right? And do I want to do it at an angle? And do I duck and roll? And I was just really hoping that someone could catch her too, because man, I'm sure I was going to be lying on the ground for a hot minute but that being said there aren't like jewels or anything on those hunt seat outfits to like break your back or outline your vertebrae or anything like that so that would have felt really way better yeah it's a plus do you think she would have kept running or do you think she would have stopped i think she would have stopped it was taking a lot of leg to keep her going it was a lot of leg, pretty heavy leg. I like did my first class and then I was asking around. I was like, so anyone got any bigger spurs? <laughs> like, I just, I am just not like getting enough. Like, I'm just really driving with my feet out here trying to get the leverage I need to get. And they're looking, they're like, yours are, yours are pretty long. Like there is a legal limit to the length. And I was like, yeah, I can't be close to that. And they're like, okay, <laughs> well, we don't have any extras. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say all in all, big weekend at Iwapino. I'd say we, you know, left it all out in the arena for our, the judges. Really gave it our all, both all three days. I'd say we almost took took shifts. You gave it all on Friday. I gave it all on Sunday. Group effort, maybe on Saturday. <laughs> so hopefully, yeah, hopefully our show recap kind of, you know, gives you guys encouragement maybe to really try to find your tribe and maybe even like some ideas on how to do it if you're like me and not very social and you know get nervous or not always want to talk to people right at the end of the day we're all there because we like to show horses so you know there's definitely common ground to talk to there you know i think it was a good warm-up for pinnell world coming up in a month or so so actually way less than a month so that's kind of concerning but um you know definitely stay tuned for some good information there don't worry though we'll have more episodes in between now and Pino World. But you can definitely find more information than just our weekly podcast on our Instagram at Let's Define Win. You can also find us on Facebook, also at Let's Define Win. If you have any questions, feel free to hit us up in the DMs on either one of those. Other than that, we'll see you next week with episode four. Get it!